Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Comic Source Podcast. I'm your host, Jace. This is another uh, Spawn Daily episode. We're up to issue number 26, back from the uh, interlude of uh, of Mark Silvestri drawing it. And I, I did. I was able to find some more information. It wasn't exactly what I thought, uh, but just in the interest of full disclosure. So it was for the month of October 1994, the image creators all swapped titles, right? So like Jim Lee drew uh, or wrote, and, and drew uh, Savage Dragon and, and Rob Liefeld did Shadowhawk. And so Silvestri came over to, to draw Spawn. But I was thinking it was issue 25, right? Like everybody, well, no, Spawn was the only only series that was up to issue 25. Youngblood was only on nine. I think Savage Dragon was on 12. Wildcats was on 13. So Spawn was really the only one coming out on a monthly basis at that point. So that's why when I was looking last episode at issues 25 of all the different series, why it didn't line up. But yeah, they basically also, I wasn't a jump ahead like I thought, but for that month, they all swapped around titles uh, and worked on each other's stuff. So uh, anyway, with issue 26, uh, it's it's basically McFarlane back on it, doing the story. He's joined by Greg Capullo on the art. Tom Orzakowski still does the letters. Steve Olaf on the colors. Um, and, and yeah, like Rocky mentioned last time, uh, I think about kind of the, inconsistencies with how much lore and story we get like there wasn't a whole lot to the issue 25 and we talked about maybe uh mcfarland was kind of writing to uh, sylvester's strengths then issue 26 comes in and we get like all this information almost like an info dump um and we get some of those patented mcfarland pages where it's like a wall of te- like half the page if you divide the page uh vertically half you know left side of the page is a little bit of art and the right half of the page is like all this dialogue as uh, McFarlane just dumps all kinds of information on us. So um, that being said, I, I thought it was a, a pretty good issue and it, it feels like, and I don't know because I haven't read 27 or 28 or any of the subsequent issues, but it feels like this is the setup for quite a bit of the subsequent issues. Like we're getting all this information dumped on us. There's not a, it's not fleshed out in a lot of detail, but it feels like that's what's coming. It's kind of foreshadowing kind of the next chapter, if you will, of, of Spawn. At least that's the impression that I got. What do you think, Rocky? Uh, very much so. 26 here is an excellent jumping on point. So if you if you figure, you can, I can definitely appreciate back in the day, you know, the word of mouth of Spawn is slowly spreading. Uh, you've already finished 25 issues. This issue 26 really... Uh, what, what's great about issue 26 from a new reader standpoint is that you, you learn everything you need to know about Spawn. And it also has, uh, it also reveals Spawn to be a flawed character. And this issue actually has some emotion to it. Now, it's maybe it's a little bit tropey, but um, McFarlane does attempt here uh, in, in terms of the story to, to maybe, you know, to get to the, the core of, of Al Simmons and to basically this show that Al Simmons has some evil in him because that's why the devil, that's why Malbrosia, uh, one of the agents of the devil, is interested in him uh, to, to lead his army. And this issue very much, it goes back and forth between a very human story by a, by a character by the name of Fred Barnett who loses custody of his daughter to foster parents, his 14-year-old daughter, Katie. He loses custody of her after his wife dies. <laughs> his wife died 15 months before uh, he loses his job. He then loses custody of his 14-year-old daughter. And he essentially, uh, he, you know, uh, he's a very, he's an old man, but he's, he's, 
uh, he's Greg uh, McFarland and Greg Capullo do a good job. I'll be honest, I don't know which which pages were drawn by McFarland versus uh, Greg Capullo. It's not indicated in the it's not indicated in the credits. And frankly, as I as I said before, I don't pretend to have that dis- disconcerting an eye to be able to distinguish between the two. I can leave that to, to maybe yourself to comment on, Jace, but. It's obvious here that right off the bat, we're introduced to this Fred Barnett character having lost his daughter. He's arguing with social uh, services. He's and he ends up in court, and he uh, and he ends up, and the judge gives him tells the judge tells this um, Mr. Barnett tells Mr. Barnett that I'm I'm very sorry for you. I know your wife died, but we have to put the best interests of your 14 year old daughter Katie ahead of your own interests. And you might be a you might your heart might be in the right place, but it, it's in the best interest of your daughter that that she be put into foster care. And um, and of course, uh, th- this the story of Fred Burnett is one of the stories that is juxtaposed against Malbrosia, Malbrosia, the the one of the agents of the devil, and the one that made the deal with Al Simmons that ultimately uh, made him into Spawn. Malbrosia is talking to all his army. He's talking to the very army that he expects that Al Simmons is going to one day lead, that Spawn is going to one day lead. And he's telling him, and it's, and this is where Mc, writer McFarlane really goes heavy on the exposition. And it's, at times, it's almost like reading a novel. <laughs> I mean, and I, what I mean by that is, uh, it's wholly unnecessary. It's, it's, the imagery here where McFarlane renders either McFarlane or Capillo draws hell. It's, it's just a bunch of, it, at, at times it's, I, I don't know. It, it's getting a little, um, it's not, I won't say, I'm not going to say, I'm, I'd be lying if I said it's overly impressive. It's just really just once again, it's Malbrosia just presiding over hell, talking to a bunch of hell spawn that have similar stories to Al Simmons. And he's attempting to tell them in this narrative, why Al Simmons? Why is Al Simmons so important? He could choose anybody to lead his army. What's so special about Al Simmons? Meanwhile, we, we get, uh, the, the story continues and we see Spawn. He's in an alley and in a, in a ra- rather curious uh, artistic six panel, six panel grid, uh, three, on, three on top of the page, three on the bottom. We start off looking at a, a spider, looking into the eyes of a spider and then, of course, there's the the uh, panorama, you know, the the drawback from the camera, and it's it's a spider that's that's on uh, that's on the finger of, uh, of of Spawn as he's in an alley, and he is approached by this. Uh, he's approached by a number, another, you know, he's approached by Count. Uh, we've this Count Cagliastro. Caglio. How do I say it? Cagliastro. <laughs> yeah, I think it's yeah Count Cagliastro, yeah, and this is the same count who, uh, in in the earlier issues, was aware of the history of the Spawn, and he's he's he he basically tells Spawn, he tells him his story, he tells him like you know there's going to be a final clash between heaven and hell, and that you you you're very important, and you need to forgive yourself for not knowing that you had all this power, and that when you when when he, he the count explains to explains to Al Simmons that, look, uh, you got to forgive yourself, but you're very significant. You're just discovering your power. You didn't realize that when you negotiate, when you made that deal with Melbrosia, that you actually had some rights. Apparently there's some legal rights you have when you deal with the devil. <laughs> I mean, how would Al know? And, 
in any event, he he throughout throughout the story, he's explaining to to Al, saying, you know, you you did have all you you did have all these rights, and you know you've got to. Um, you don't feel too bad. There are plenty of others that are in your similar circumstances and, uh, you know, stay the course and, you know, you, your fate is what it is, but I mean, you still, you still have choices. Meanwhile, they're, they're interrupted while the Count and Spawn are having this conversation that, that really is more of an exposition dump to tell existing readers, loyal readers like you and I, who have been in the previous 25 issues. A lot of this is repetitive. We're familiar with all yeah. this already. You know, so it's nothing really new. But again, as we've sort of indicated before, you got to be careful if you just skim read McFarlane's expository dumps, because every now and then there'll be one line that is new, new information. It's like, we didn't know that. And he'll tell us in, in exposition as opposed to drawing it for us, which is kind of frustrating, but it, it's, he's got into that interesting habit. But yeah, so, and one thing he does have uh, the count say here. Uh, you know, previously we called it psychoplasm. He calls it ne necroplasm. But he, at one point, you know, he's yeah. you're Al Simmons. You're dead. You made a pact with the devil. You've got a costume melded to your skin and a body made of 400 pounds of necroplasm. So McFarlane apparently feels it's important. He mentioned it before that garbage thrown to hold up the 400 yeah. pounds of Bond. And here yeah. we're reminded again, 400 pounds of necroplasm. So and, and even that, yeah, not only that, and it might be an. It is a nitpick, but I'm gonna I'm gonna nitpick anyway. He calls it necroplasm. We went yeah. through multiple issues, like you said. We called it psychoplasm. Why is it yeah. called necroplasm now? It just seems to me, of all the things, I mean, you you give this huge exposition dump. And the one thing that we we all knew, you and I could, one thing we absolutely knew about was psychoplasm. Now all of a sudden, no, it's necroplasm. I mean, really? <laughs> Why change the name mid course? I mean, I mean, again, little minor nitpick, but. As a long time, as as a as a as a loyal reader, Spawn Daily, yeah. uh, it, it's something that is is clearly noticeable. But so we we continue on here, and Spawn ends up uh, this this Fred this Fred Barnett, you know, one of the one of the other uh, one of the other uh, homeless people, you know, that live in the alley with Spawn, you know. Figures that well because they respect Spawn so much, they're they're going to take Spawn and, and show them. Hey, by the way, Spawn, this this guy Fred, he really needs your help. And so Fred tells him his story, saying, "I really need some money because if I have more money, I can create a, a better quality of life for my daughter, and I can get my daughter back from social services out of foster care." And Spawn, uh, Spawn actually gets pissed off, and he's a dick. <laughs> oh, he, he becomes a dick here. Well. Okay, this is how much of a dick I am. I actually kind of sided with Spawn at first because I'm thinking to myself, well, what the hell do you expect Spawn to do? The guy's got shoelaces for that lace on his face. He's ugly. It's not like Spawn has a job and he's rich. How is he going to get this guy money? You know, I mean, I, maybe his psychoplasm, can he can he create fake money and counterfeit money out of thin air? I don't well, know. Well, my but thought was... My thought was, you got that file on. I mean, maybe you know you don't have it anymore. You gave it away, but you still know a bunch about the uh, organization of Vito Gravano. Yeah, go steal from the mob and give it to this guy. Rob from the rich and give to the yeah. poor. The Robin a, Hood action. Yeah, that's what no, I thought. 
Yeah, no, 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 fair enough, fair enough. But uh, this is why, that's why this is a compliment into, into this particular scene because it's interesting how my first thought was I was kind of a dick and I sided with Spawn and your first thought was, oh, Spawn, you're kind of being a, you know, why you why didn't you do this or that? But that's what works about this scene is that McFarlane, it, 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 I think it, it, it gets different uh, different reactions from different readers. And so I think in that respect, that actually well, that scene works quite well. Keep in mind that, um, you know, Al Simmons was never able to have a kid. If he was a father, it might have resonated with him more. That's that's a good point, too. You, you don't know yeah. what, what role maybe that would have uh, impact that would have had on his uh, on his thinking. Yeah. Um, and I almost thought I mean, I like I hadn't read this before. Um, and I almost thought well, when I, this guy came and asked, I want, wonder if he was Spawn was going to think about Cyan, you know, yeah. if it was one. And that would be why he would help. But no, instead, he goes, no, screw you. <laughs> Yeah, get your own damn help. <laughs> yeah. But uh, and so uh, so Spawn basically tells old Fred to go per Fred to go take a hike. And uh, and then we go back to Malbrogia again. And, and Malbrogia is just sort of continuing to tell the story. And there's a couple of I, we mentioned before how every now and then there's some tidbits of information through the exposition that is interesting. And one of the things I picked up most of this exposition, I mean, we're repeating ourselves. We, we know the story of Spawn, the deal he made with the devil, et cetera, et cetera. I thought it was interesting, just out of nowhere, uh, Melbrosia indicates that uh, uh, he speaks of his Hellspawn uh, being from different, that each Hellspawn has their own home planet, which, and what an interesting thing to say, home planet. So that suggested to me that it's not just people of Earth that maybe Hellspawns come from, that there's life forms from other planets in the galaxy upon which, you know, other spawn might be, might come from. So that's interesting to me. Interesting that that's just a little line in, in a bit of exposition that if you blink, you'll miss it because I do believe that a lot of readers reading this spawn would be inclined to maybe, you know, sort of skim read uh, over some of these, uh, some of these issues. Then as, as Spawn, it goes back to Spawn then talking to the Count again and the count, and something very interesting happens. The, the Count tells him that heaven is just as much interested in Spawn as hell is and that he kind of warns Spawn a little bit saying, look, don't assume that the agents of heaven or hell, the agents of heaven are necessarily, <laughs> maybe necessarily have your best interest at heart any more than the agents of hell do. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's this, you know, Spawn is sort of whisked away uh, and he ends up in this place where he ends up being confronted by Gabriel. And Gabriel is this sort of like almost like heavenly corporate guru that originally hired Angela works for this Gabriel character. And she, I think, is connected to the angel satellite that uh, that plucked up Jason Wynn and turned him into anti-spawn. And she, Gabriel, is also responsible for sending a... a Angela against Spawn to try to kill him in issue nine. And it's very interesting what, what Angela indicates here to Spawn. Uh, and basically, she just kind of wanted to introduce herself. And she wanted she basically wants two things. Number one, she wants to have the, the lance, Angela's lance, that because when Angela attacked Spawn, Spawn ultimately defeated Angela, but he ended up with her lance. And and Gabriel wants the lance back. Now, I don't know what the significance of that lance is, but uh, other than the fact that the lance could kill Spawn, but it didn't kill Spawn. And Angela ended up getting sucked up into Spawn's cape. That, and that was before Spawn 
even really know knew all the secrets of his cape and i still think we're still kind of learning all the stuff that spawn's cape can can do so it's interesting so she's she's kind of introducing herself and she's sort of sipping wine and and it, it's actually a, a really it's a very beautifully rendered scene because you know it's such a it's such a disconnect because we're so used to seeing Spawn in hell. We're not used to seeing him in a beautiful setting with birds flying around, this this sexy corporate woman in front of him on a nice table with a white tablecloth, sipping, it looks like champagne. Meanwhile, we have this ugly character Spawn with this, you know, sort of long red devilish cape flapping in behind him, you know, staring right at her. She's like toasting him and they're having this conversation. It's, it's a, it's, it's very interesting. And, and so I want to compliment McFarlane and Capullo. I'm not sure who did what in this, on these pages, but it really was rammed home to me as the reader that, wow, there, there is a difference here. And I appreciated that because we've gotten, we've seen so much of hell <laughs> in the pre in the previous 25 issues it was kind of nice to see a little bit more of w- what the heaven is and and the implication that heaven itself might have its darker aspects i really like that right and and that intrigues me more than hell i expect evil from hell but i don't expect manipulation and machinations from agents of heaven and that's why i'm still fascinated by what happened with jason's with Jason Wynn, when they plucked up Jason Wynn and turned him into anti-spawn, that's rather an evil thing for a heavenly group of agents to do, run by this Gabriel. So I'm fascinated by that. And I I love I love how Capullo, I think it's Capullo that drew the page where Gabriel, one of the things that, that's often done is they focus in on spawn's eyes. And you can smoke there's been Comics where they, uh, there's been issues where they focus in on Malbrosia's eyes as well. And here there's a focus in on Gabrielle's eyes. She's a beautiful white haired woman. She's uh, eating a strawberry in one hand, sipping champagne in the other. And there's a focus in on her eyes. And she warns Spawn about being uh, between heaven and hell saying, you don't want to get caught in the middle, do you? Just as there's a big focus on her big, beautiful blue eyes. And you got to wonder, is she a devious bitch? Or is she, you know, you know, what does she have planned here? I just, I, yeah, I, I, thought- I definitely, yeah, I definitely think that we can't think of heaven as just those are the good guys and hell, those are the bad guys. Cause I, I think it's, that's the narrative that I, I yeah. get the impression the story McFarland's trying to sell is that that's the narrative that humans have been told. Right. But really it's all a matter of perspective. Um, so I think they're just as capable as of manipulation and backstabbing and what have you, the agents of heaven that is as, as our Malbolgia and his, agents the other thing that i'll that i'll say is uh, about those pages because you're right about the juxtaposition it's not only the setting um as it compares to hell but also as it compares to new york almost all the time when we see um when we see scenes of spawn in new york especially when it's in the alleys it's dark there's a lot of blacks and blues it's nighttime so even even the scenes we get in the alleyways are very dark in color. So you got to give the colorist Steve Olaf a lot of credit too for making this stand out because yeah. I mean even when there's no backgrounds, the page is white. Yeah. So as opposed to the other pages where there's no backgrounds, they're often dark brown or dark gray or black. Um, so it really sells the idea of you know heaven being light and hell being dark or you know Spawn's world being dark. 
Spawn being a hell spawn himself living among the among the darkness trying to hide um there's no hiding here he's he's out in the light when he talks to gabrielle so yeah those pages do really stand out for yeah sure. i i do want to point out one image it's on the top right uh, for those on the youtube channel it's easy to see but there's a page where it, it, i just find it funny it, it shows spawn's ugly face that's stitched together by shoelaces and there's a there's a beautiful butterfly on top butterfly, of his head yeah. <laughs> i mean it's the i mean the, the the stark contrast really sort of magnifies the difference of how just out of place spawn is in this setting of of presumably some type of heavenly place but it's again it's very well done and it does sort of fit the narrative and and, and the story and 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 again the the settings in this story, the juxtaposition between, you know, the story of uh, the story of uh, Fred Barnett, who's, who's lost custody of his daughter, desperately looking for money uh, between this sort of corporate guru who she's heavenly sent talking with Spawn, the heaven and the hell uh, dichotomy uh, the, the themes here are are very prevalent. And and in that respect, that's why this works so well as a as a comic book. It just works so well. And as a compliment, as much as, uh, again, I say again, as much as we might criticize and say maybe it's exposition heavy at times, this really does work in nailing down to the reader a theme because people don't remember stories. They remember themes. They remember how they felt. They remember general feels of comic books. I, I remember comic books that I could tell you that I love a comic book, and yet, ironically enough, I couldn't tell you a finer plot detail, but I just love the comic, and that's because sometimes the themes are strong or the imagery is that strong. And I, and I think this is potentially one of those types of issues, and I think that's why Spawn has re- resonated for 30 years as long as it's had it has and why it's the longest-running independent comic book of all time as of last year. So it's a high compliment to uh, McFarlane a- again. And again, we're just on issue 26. But Yeah, exactly. Uh, continuing on, um, you know, uh, as we get to the end, there, there's more exposition by by Malbrosia talking to the, 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 his creatures of his army, telling him why, why is Al so special? I got to admit, and this is where I was going to pick your brain a little bit, Jace. I didn't quite, I didn't think it, it nailed it. I never, I wasn't convinced. Malbrosia never convinced me why Spawn is so special. Why, why Al Simmons? I don't think that was answered adequately to my satisfaction anyway, at the, uh, in this story. He, he says that while well, Al Simmons has a capacity for evil, but that's really all he said. I, I I didn't really get much more than that. If Al Simmons has a capacity for evil, the, the reality is, the reason why that doesn't work for me is that because we just finished complaining in previous issues that why didn't Al Simmons, why didn't Spawn kill Jason Wynn? He didn't kill Vito Gravano. He's had opportunities to be far more evil and he's not doing it. So if, if now he might have a capacity for evil, but I'm not really getting a sense here that, that, I keep thinking that there must be more or maybe the De- Malbrosia is just plain stupid or maybe, I, I don't know what it is, but I don't, I don't know if I quite buy into what makes Al Simmons so special. Cause I think I can think of probably like lots of guys like Al Simmons had a moral code. Uh, so I would think almost any evil person would have been a better choice than Al Simmons. But I don't know. What did you get out of that? Did you, I, I did. I didn't. I didn't get anything more than than you did. I mean, I've always taken it to be, yeah, Al Simmons has the, the capacity for evil, part maybe partially because he he has, as we were talking about last last time, uh, he has sold a bit of his soul when he was, you know, before he died by being a government assassin. 
right? By uh, by undertaking missions where he felt like the end justifies the means. Um, but it always seemed to me, you know, with the amount of spawn that I've read, and again, maybe we'll this is something we'll learn more about as it goes on. Um, but it always seemed to me, in reading the early issues, that Malbolgia basically picked him for two reasons. One, he knew that his love of his wife could be manipulated into getting him to agree to this shitty deal, not realizing how shitty of a deal it was. Right. And number two, just his CIA and, and special ops training that would make him a formidable lieutenant in Malbolgia's army. It always felt to me that those were the reasons more so than than anything else, you know, in terms of, oh, you know, I can turn him to do bad things or blah, 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 whatever. It's like, man, if you're human, you have the capacity for evil. <laughs> There's been enough shitty humans throughout the course of human history that, that that's been proven time and time again. So, yeah. but yeah, maybe, maybe as the story unfolds, maybe as we read more, we'll, it'll be explained uh, in more detail by probably by somebody who's not McFarlane. Yeah. Uh, and then out of the blue, out of the blue, we find out something that we would not have known because we never read. The, there's a, there was a Violator series. I think it was a yeah. four-issue Violator four series. And we find out that apparently Spawn in the Violator series lent some of his power to the Violator so that the Violator could go and survive and actually kill his own demon Spawn brothers, I guess. Because Violator has demon brothers that wanted to kill Violator because the Violator basically pissed off the devil I, i'm guess i never read i never read the violator series so i don't know so i'm inferring yeah, I didn't either. yeah i'm inferring that the violator had to at some point he had to su survive an attack from his brothers and he made a deal with spawn spawn agreed to lend him some of his power or give him some of his power which which is a very odd thing for spawn to do because i'm assuming that he's not going to get that power back so he's giving violator this this horrible creature why did he, you know? So not only does Spawn not kill Jason Wynn, he doesn't kill Vito Gravano, but he's lending power so that Violator, this grotesque, evil piece of human, de devilish garbage, can survive and, and kill his own brothers. Like I, you know, again, it seems a little bit, you know, again, it it just shows just how much of a higher moral compass and and a strong moral code that Al Simmons has, and it makes it more baffling to me why Malbrosia thinks for a second that this is going to be the appropriate guy to raise his army. Like maybe he's thinking that he wants he wants maybe he's waiting for Al Simmons to be elevated to a high moral place before he destroys him and brings him back down to earth to be his great leader. I don't know, but it seems I found that interesting. Anyways, did you did you find anything odd about that? No, nah, I just felt like it made me think, man, I really need to read that Violator yeah. miniseries. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And and also we were told in this issue that there's an upcoming now, obviously in the past, but at the time this came out, there's an Angela miniseries uh, upcoming. So yeah. there's one of those out there as well. I'll have to I'll have to check Com Comicsology because I'm actually kind of curious to read that Violator series now. But, uh, uh, but in any event, uh, continuing on, what, what really uh, – makes this i think thematically the emotional high point of this issue at least i think the intention mcfarland's intention was was we find out that uh fred barnett the the, the young man who asked or pardon the young man the older gentleman who hit rock bottom and asked spawn for some help uh getting custody of his daughter back ends up uh committing suicide over the loss of custody of his daughter in a fit of depression so 
that that devastates Spawn, and of course, uh, you know this uh, Fred Barnett's friend, uh, the the other one of the other homeless people that asked Spawn to help uh, Mr. Barnett. He's very angry at Spawn. Understandably, he's lost a friend, and um, and you know he just rubs it in, and of and of course. As as Spawn feels tormented for what happened and feeling extremely guilty, Malbrosia is laughing in the background, and uh, and yeah, and you know the, the the issue ends with the following phrase: "Tonight, for the first time since his return, he feels dead." So this is that's a very powerful statement because. I mean, Spawn has been, I mean, let's face it, Al Simmons, we knew he was dead from the beginning. He doesn't have his body for all intents and purposes. He's dead, dead, dead. He's, he's resurrected. He doesn't have his old body. It's a, you know, he might have his soul, but even his soul seems to be transported all over the place into different various places into heaven and hell. But yet for the first time he feels dead. So, and so not, not only does Al Simmons, I mean, you don't feel, if you're a, evil person, you don't feel guilt over something like this. So I don't even know why Mal, why is Malbrosia laughing? Because if Al Simmons feels guilty over this, that would, only a good man would feel guilty over this. So again, there's, there's some contradictory things here. I, it's again, this, this has an emotional centerpiece, this story, and I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I thought, I thought there were some good moments and I, I like the sort of like the, how Spawn was challenged sort of with, you know, and I like the interplay between Malbrosia and the heaven and the hell and, and the parents of Gabriel. A lot happened in this issue. I enjoyed it. I, I, I really enjoyed it. But at the same time, I got these questions because I'm wondering, you know, how Al Simmons seems like a pretty good guy here. I, I don't know. You know, he just needs to maybe start getting, he needs a better understanding as to how to manipulate the forces of both heaven and hell because Count Calgiostro here, Calgiostro has told him, look, you need to better understand heaven and hell. There are agents in heaven and hell that you that might look very similar to you that they don't always have your best interests at heart. And so I'm really looking forward to Spawn, Al Simmons, taking advantage of both sides and playing both sides of heaven and hell against each other. And remember what was hinted at in a previous issue, that it is possible for Spawn to create a different deal to 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 actually contract his way out of the deal he has with Ambrosia. That was hinted at, that no, no contract with the devil is ever written in stone if you play your cards right, because there's so many there's so many different agents of heaven and hell at play. So that's the underlying hint here, and that's the saving grace that I think maybe that the loophole that Al Simmons has moving forward, you know, is he's not necessarily doomed. At least that's the way I see it. How do you see it? Well, I, I kind of think, and again, I go back to the moment when he seemed to accept that he was Spawn, and now it's like he's walked back from that a little bit. Um, he just It just feels like he needs to get out of his own way, right? And just accept, this is my life now, and let me do, like, be true to yourself. Like, we know that deep down, Al Simmons is a moral guy, so get out of your own way, stop second-guessing, and just help the people you can help. Do the best you can in, in these circumstances. Um and as far as Malbolgia putting in, in these, you know, terrible situations and, and then having uh, having a laugh when when something happens that that kind of almost emotionally tortures Al Simmons, I, I think a couple things, you know, you can only take so much before you break. Um, so 
I kind of take it as Malbolgia, you know, has him there on earth, hoping that at some point he will break and, and give up on his morals. And the other thing is that Malbolgia himself is just an evil guy. So he's always going to take delight in, in negative feelings, whether it's guilt or pain or, uh, or self-doubt or anger or, you know, any of that. He's going to take pleasure in it, even if it doesn't necessarily mean that he's g- getting to, uh, to Al Simmons uh, in terms of, you know, moving him down that path of breaking him and have it, having him, uh, having him lead his army. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, ultimately this is a, a tragic tale. Um, and it's easy for us, first of all, hindsight 2020, looking back 30 years almost at this comic to say, yeah, get out of your own way, Al. But, you know, also <laughs> it's us, the reader, we have much more knowledge of, you know, all the moving parts than even Spawn himself does at this point. So, yeah, it, it's a good tale. And like you said, la- last thing I'll mention about the issue that you already mentioned, uh, just to reiterate, great jumping on point. Like if somebody's read nothing of Spawn up to this point, they can jump on with issue 26. You're caught up for the most part, and you can keep reading it going forward. Yeah. No, it it, it was good. It was good. And, uh, yeah, it's like, it's like starting all over again and uh... – you know, again, I think there's um, multiple. Um, there, there's multiple plot points that that really that really come into play here, and uh, yeah, and 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 the art. I would honestly, I would not want to make any bets in terms of which pages were drawn by McFarlane or which short pages yeah. were drawn by Capullo. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. But what, something else that, that's interesting. One last thing that just hit me that I'll I'll mention, and then we'll we'll get out of here. Um, you know, we, we talked in the past about how this seems to flip back and forth between, you know, early on, we got a lot of the heaven hell stuff and that's what we were invested in. And then when they, it was revealed, it was, it was supposed to be heavily impactful. We found out chapel was the one that killed, uh, uh, Al Simmons and it was, we were supposed to care, but we hadn't gotten any of kind of the earth based storyline of spawn. And it, it's like, that's what these last 10 or 12 issues have been about, right? Like, the CIA, the FBI, the the mob, uh, Terry Fitzgerald, Wanda Blake, like all that, and that's where the focus has been. Um, and and now that that has been sort of built up. Now with this issue, it feels like okay, stick a pin in that. This is McFarlane, right? McFarlane's like stick a pin in the mob Earth based stuff, mm-hmm. and don't forget that this is also a tale of heaven and hell. Let's shift the focus back there. So, like I said at the beginning, it very much feels like this sets up the next chapter and it's going to be focused on the machinations, the war between heaven and hell, the different um, supernatural aspects of the story. That's what I'm expecting going forward. Yeah. And it's interesting. I I want to mention, uh, I just note, I made some notes and uh, one of the things I mentioned that the count, Count Calgiostro tells Spawn in this issue that there are are small pieces of heaven kept in different time continuums. (laughs) So again, interesting, small pieces of, so there isn't maybe heaven isn't all in one spot. There's pieces of heaven everywhere throughout time, and so maybe maybe the whole. So maybe it's there isn't a whole piece of heaven in any one spot, but it's scattered throughout the time space continuum. And same with hell, and so maybe that's sort of the issue as well. And so you got these different agents in these different time periods and everything else. And we already know we got medieval spawn. We got I you know we got Angela here in different time periods. We got immortal beings. We got devils. We got deals made with uh, agents of 
of hell. We got deals made with agents of heaven. We got Jason Wynn being the anti-spawn, but doesn't remember it. We got the mob. We got all these moving parts and in only 26 issues. And, and again, for people who are happen to be listening to this, if you are, if you are buying this stuff on a trade and you're in comiXology and, uh, you know, honestly, uh, you can trust us on this. You can, you know, I don't, I, by all means, buy issues one, issues one through twenty five. But if you're on a budget, and uh, you know, just you know, trades usually come collect six issues. You can you can start reading a twenty six, as we said, and uh, you you don't necessarily need. I mean, what we summarized here in this in this in our review right now, you could jump on to spawn an issue twenty six and do it. And uh, or I mean, again, comicsology. I mean, for whatever it is, five ninety nine, six ninety nine a month. You can, you can definitely read all of it anyway. So, so yep, again, exactly. Yeah, I continue to remain impressed with impressed with Spawn. I'm 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 really enjoying this. I'm enjoying this at least as much as I'm enjoying reviewing DC every week. You know, it's a, the time commitment is a little bit more uh, <laughs> invested yep. because we, you and I, both have lives, and I know you're a hell of a lot more busy than me in terms mm-hmm. of your uh, your uh, commitment to the podcast. And because uh, kudos to you for all the interviews you do, and I know that you got a lot of interesting interviews coming up, and you, you, you allow me occasionally to join you on some of them, so I appreciate that, so, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure you can give uh, give listeners a tease as to what might be coming up, or are you keeping everything close to the chest? I think I'm going to keep stuff close to the chest for the most part. Legendary creator, <laughs> a couple of legendary creators I'm talking to, one one uh, one this Friday, one next Friday, uh, but I will say Carla Pacheco, we're, we're huge fans of Spider-Woman, uh, uh, the current Spider-Woman title on, on the Comic Source podcast. So we're going to yeah. talk to her long yeah. time coming and, and a lot of other creators too. So yeah, definitely pay attention. A lot of those interviews will be coming up later this month. So uh, that being said, be sure if you're following us on YouTube, following Rocky's channel, which you can find, just go to YouTube, Comic Space Boom, exclamation point. Um, be sure you're following, subscribe, ring the notification bell, all that stuff. You guys know how to do it. Uh, but if you're not following the comic source, the audio stuff, be sure you go to your favorite podcasting platform or application, do a search for the comic source and subscribe so you don't miss out on any of this content that's coming up. And uh, and Rocky and I will be talking to Jeremy Adams, uh, and that'll be on the uh, Comic Boom YouTube channel as well as audio only on on, uh, on the podcast. That's coming up uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, talking about The Flash. Uh, yes. West back. I'm so glad you said that, Chase, because I love yeah. Jeremy Adams. I'm looking forward to that, and I can yeah. now I can finally talk about it. Now I've been waiting at bated breath for you to break the ice, so I can finally start telling people. <laughs> yep, yep, it's coming up. We got it all set up. It'll be both audio, video. So right uh, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll we'll probably talk a little more detail uh, on the next next week's DC Spotlight about that. So uh, anyway, that's gonna do it for this episode, everybody. Thanks for joining as always, and we'll talk to you next time. See you later. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes, as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.